I'm Julie Lamb, a therapist turned life and business coach. In all my years as a therapist and coach, I have seen that true healing and growth comes from understanding your greatest asset, your brain. To manage your life and business, you first have to manage your mind. I'm here to help you figure out what the hell is my brain doing? Hello, my friends, and welcome back to What the Hell is My Brain Doing? I'm really excited about today's guest because I think for many of us, it's really important to know that we don't have to look at things just black and white. Our brain likes to tell us that it can only be one way. And so I'm really excited about our guest because she's going to talk about how your brain looks at things a little differently in a different perspective. I'm going to introduce her. Yolanda is a fantastic coach, and she is a business coach that focuses on manifestation and making money. And that's kind of her big topic. She has a podcast called Manifest Bad Money, where she talks about all things about manifestation and about growth and what that actually looks like. And so I'm really excited. So Yolanda, thank you for coming and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I always love chatting with you and love your energy. Thank you. So Yolanda, tell us a little bit about you and what kind of got you started with manifestation and all of that fun stuff. So it's a really long story. So I will try and sum it up. But first, I want to say to your audience, because I know that your audience is full of practical, logical thinkers. And I want to also state that I am one of those practical, logical thinkers as well, which is why we're going to talk about the science behind manifestation versus I feel like how it is normally portrayed as in, ooh, you're going to do this vision board or you're going to do this ritual and you're going to get all of this money. So no, that's not what we're discussing here today. But I am going to start out with a story like that. So I remember being four and five years old. I had an uncle who was very well-read. He was always doing lots of different research, loved history, loved science, like was always getting my cousins and I into stargazing and learning the planets and like just all sorts of stuff. And he was kind of the black sheep of the family, if you will. And I remember being four and five years old and my uncle would say, I'm going to manifest the lottery one day. And when you're little, it doesn't like, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And he would walk us through these exercises. So there's this particular time where we're all out playing baseball and out in the field, these kids come on a go-kart and all of our mouths dropped because we just all wanted this go-kart. Like that was the thing back then. And none of our families could really afford that. And so my uncle saw the look on our faces and said, Well, I'm going to manifest the lottery one day, so I'm going to buy y'all whatever you want. And he just kind of took us through this exercise. Tell me what you want. Describe it to me. Think of how you're going to feel. Like he was bringing in all of the senses. Now, of course, at the time, this didn't make sense to me. I just thought we're getting excited about what he's going to buy us in the future. Like how amazing. And then fast forward to like, I was like between 12 and 14 when we lived in the Washington DC area. So my uncle would always take me to museums on the weekend. We were always at a different museum and he would have a couple of drinks at lunch. We would go to the restaurant. He'd have a couple of drinks and all of a sudden he'd start telling the waitress, I'm going to manifest the lottery one day. Now, when you're four and five, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. When you're 14 and your uncle is drunk at a restaurant telling the waitress this, it's embarrassing. And so I would just remember like getting so frustrated with him. When I was 17 years old, it actually happened. $42 million. He Mm -hmm. called me. He was drunk. 
So I thought he was lying (laughs) (laughs) and no, it really happened. And so that's when I really started thinking, I was like, okay, now I became a mom at the age of 17 too. I got pregnant at 16, became a mom at the age of 17. My uncle was very upset with me for that. And so we were just working on repairing our relationship when this happened. And so I thought maybe there's something to this. He talks about the law of attraction. He talks about manifestation. Maybe there is really something to this. And so I started just asking him, more questions, getting more curious. I knew that this was a process in the brain. I knew that this was a process that was happening in the brain. So I really started diving into research with that and then applying it. And the rest is history. It's such an amazing story because I think it's so interesting to go through those different emotions where we're kind of like, yeah, that's so cool. And then the disbelief. And then I think you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Till eventually it's like, wow, this is really like, there's a science behind that. And I really appreciate that idea of what's the science behind it. So when you think about what manifestation is and what it is not, tell me what the difference is based upon that. And then let's go into the science. Like what's the science behind the manifestation? Okay, so most people that come to me, they're like, just give me the ritual that's going to make me all of the money in the world. Okay, the vision board, the, you know, the the thought process, the guided imagery type of type of effect. Yeah, there's something called the 55 by five method where you write 55 times in a row your your affirmation of what you're attracting. There's the two cup method where you take one cup that's full and that's the thing that you want to manifest and then you pour it into this cup that's empty and you're filling it up and then you drink it and you know, all the all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reality is those are placebo effects. It's a way for your brain to believe that that is the thing that's doing it. When in all actuality, it is your belief. It's your thoughts. So you and I, I've actually hosted a mastermind where you were in the group. One of the very first things that I start off with people is an exercise where we create a pendulum. Now, if you have a pendulum lying around, great. But if you don't, most people don't. You can use a necklace with a charm at the bottom. And we want that weight at the bottom. So what we do is I make you, with your thoughts, focus on that charm and move it first side to side. Then you're going to go around in a circle clockwise. Then you're going to go counterclockwise. And then you're going to go back and forth. And each time you do this, I'm making you make it stop at a certain point. I'm making you move it in certain ways. And each time we do this, you're realizing that it's the energy of your thoughts. So when we look at the law of thermodynamics, the law of thermodynamics states that energy cannot be created, nor can it be destroyed. So your thoughts are going out into the universe and it's energy. It is a frequency. Everything is an energetic frequency. We forget about that. And so when we look at the process that our brain is going through, when we say, this is the thing that I want, we have this thing called the reticular activating system that then registers this as, okay, we're going to put this on the checklist. It's like a to-do list. We're going to put this on the checklist. This is important to him or her, and we're going to achieve this thing. But what happens with most people, going back to the energetic frequency of this, If you've ever had your phone in your hand and you're like, I can't find my phone. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Or your glasses on the top of your head and you're like, where's my glasses? I can't find my glasses. Your brain believes and will show you evidence of what you believe to be true. 
So when you can't find something, the mere thought of, I can't find it, I can't find it, I can't find it, will produce more evidence of, I can't find it, even though it's right there, even though it's in your hand, even though your glasses are on the top of your head. So what most people do is they're like, I want to build this business, or I want to make X amount of dollars, or I want to blah, 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 blah. And then they get too attached to it. And we've all been to like the furniture store or car shopping. And we have that salesperson that we know is just desperate for a sale, right? And then that's how we come across. And so our energy, our frequency that our body is carrying is saying, I lack this. I need this. And imagine if you showed up on a first date and you said, hey, this is the first time we're meeting, but do you want to get married and have kids right now? Like that date would run for the hills. And so that's exactly what we're doing when we're like, I need it. I need it. I need it. We're constantly looking for it. We can't find evidence of it. We don't believe it's true. And then it's not happening because we're repelling it with our desperate needy energy. And so when we look at it from the process of what the brain is doing, we know that our reticular activating system has said, okay, this is important. We're always going to find the path of least resistance, even when you can't consciously and logically think of how it's going to happen. And so when we take that and we take this relaxed energy of, I know it's going to happen. Does it matter if it happens today or does it matter if it happens in a month? If I was going to send you, if I said, hey, Julie, I have a million dollars I'm going to gift you. But my bank said it might take three days or it might take two weeks. Do you care if it takes three days or if it takes two weeks? No, you don't. You don't. Why don't you care? I th because you know the outcome. You know, the eventual outcome is going to happen. It just doesn't matter the time frame with it. 1000%. So when your brain is relaxed and it's at a place of, I know the outcome, I don't know how the outcome is going to come, but I know it's going to come, then your energy and your frequency is grounded, it's stable, and it's not pushing things away. It's actually able to then find the solution instead of having the phone in your hand saying, I can't find it, I can't find it, I can't find it. I love all of that because it is so true how when you focus on something, your brain will make it happen, even if it's the negative. But one of the things that I remember, you know, when we did that pendulum thing, I will be honest, I was the skeptic because I was like, come on, it's a pendulum. <laughs> like, we're not going to make this move. What are you talking about? And I thought, oh, it's just mind tricks. Like, that's what it is. Because you can tell my eyes I'm going to do whatever and they'll probably think it and believe it. And that's when it switched for me. I will be honest because it was like, I'll be, I don't know if the pendulum really did move. We'll just put, you know, my brain out there for a minute. But I did feel like it was. And when I felt like it was moving, all I could think about is what if this could carry to other areas as well? What if I decided that it wasn't just this pendulum moving, but it was actions that I was going to take, directions I wanted to go, outcomes that I wanted? And I know for me, I actually have taken this and applied this with many clients where I will tell them, I want you to imagine that you've already gotten the raise. I want you to imagine that you've already gotten the promotion or that you've already built the business or that you've already done that. And now tell me where your energy is at. How do you show up? How do you act? What do you do? And I think that's the part that sometimes people miss is they think, oh, I'm just going to think it and it's just going to come to pass and it's just going to be fantastic and wonderful. And then that's that skeptic part, just like you mentioned with the lottery ticket. We're just like, oh, you always talk about it, but to what end? So I think it's really important to look at it from that perspective as well. And you know, that's why I have that pendulum exercise, because when you experience that, and when you see that for yourself, most people, 
they do that exercise over and over and over. They'll go like, especially when I have a new client and I'm, you know, I'm showing them that and I'm like, hey, this is the power of your thoughts. And this is why we're working on reprogramming the thoughts that your brain is going through. I use NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming. And so when we're reprogramming the thoughts, we're giving a clean slate, but it's so funny because it's almost like they doubt it. So then they go to their spouse and they're like, can you do this? And then they go to their kids and they're like, can you do this? And they always report back to me, everybody in my family can do it. I'm like, yeah, of course. It's not a magic trick. Like it's science. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think one thing you mentioned when you talked about NLP is I remember when we did this, there was a group and some people saw it moving the opposite directions from what you had told them, or they had mentioned that they saw it moving just slightly different or in different patterns. And that was if you wouldn't mind explaining, I loved what you talked about when it came to NLP. And actually, I have to credit Yolanda as a tangent. She's the reason I got into NLP because from that experience, I wanted more. And as many of you know, I absorb knowledge like there's no tomorrow. And I just had to know more. And so because of that, I went and got my NLP because I was like, Yolanda did it. It must work. Here's my logical side and I logically can see it. Let me figure this out. So with that, when you would explain that to us, like why do people see the things move in opposite directions or different places altogether? Like what's going on there? So if if it's the opposite direction, there's actually something called a mismatcher. And we've all gotten to know that person. Actually, when I was in my NLP class, we had a mismatcher, which is the person that just argues about everything. The person that just doesn't see things the same way that everybody sees them. And it's not necessarily that we're all supposed to see it in a different way, but it's like this person is really seeing things from a different angle. Like they're just ready to argue because nothing feels like, you know, it's right. So when it goes the opposite of what you're doing, my thought, my opinion is that you might be a mismatcher. You might be somebody who just thinks in opposites. That's very possible. The other thing is there's a lot of people who report, hey, mine isn't moving as big as so-and-so's. That's going to boil down to your belief, but also the amount of energy that you're putting into it. And so when we think about our chakra system, right, again, we are all energy. Everything in our body is energy and there's these points in our body that are different forms of energy. And so when we think about our chakra system, emotions, if thoughts can move a pendulum, they are energy, which means emotions are also energy. And the body absorbs this energy from emotion. So when we're sad and we're not expressing it, when we're holding back tears or when we're angry and we're not expressing it, or, you know, when something happens to us and we're not expressing it because we've been taught, oh, suck it up, keep on, you know, especially in Western society, like we're told, like, just keep going. Like you don't, you don't have a choice. So our body absorbs that. And then that tends to block our chakra system. And then, so that will tell us where there's blocked energy in the body. So mine, when I move my pendulum, It moves very big. Like I can, I mean, it is swinging really, really big, but there's a lot of people, especially when they're first starting, they don't understand energy. They've never worked with it. Their belief isn't there, but also they have a lot of internal stuff that they're holding onto. It will barely move. That is so accurate when you talk about these internal beliefs or these internal things that stop you. Because a lot of times, even if you think about, I have this big dream, this big goal that I want. Sometimes it's this this belief that come in. And I know for me, it has been my own thought process, my own traumas, my own experiences that essentially have stopped it to say, you can't do that, Julie. It doesn't really work. And so if you're always looking at things as I have to have the answer for it, 
I have to know the reason behind it. What we end up doing is discounting all the other things around it. And we start to just then only see things the way that we want to, rather than seeing things for the potentials, the possibilities, and the things that are out there. Yeah. So I would love to know, like, how do you, as you've worked with people to help them to see the possibilities and the different outcomes, how has manifestation been something that has helped people to break through some of those limiting beliefs and some of those things that have actually stopped them from really truly creating this big vision that they have? I love this question because it immediately makes me think of people who hire me as a last resort. They're like, I don't know. I'm, I've had plenty of people come to me. They're like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that I necessarily believe in everything that you're saying and doing, but this is my last resort. And so once we can get you out of your own way, once we can reprogram your thoughts, your beliefs, kind of going back to NLP, everything that we experienced, we have an emotional attachment to, and that creates our limits, right? So it's like, if I grew up with no evidence, actually, this is really my truth. I grew up with zero evidence of abundance. I grew up with a single mom who had three children, no help, no support. She was doing it all on her own. Nobody in my family was wealthy or rich or, you know, they weren't necessarily like struggling like we were. But at one point, I remember growing up in a two bedroom townhouse where my sister, my mom and I shared one room. My brother is a lot older than me. So he, his girlfriend and his son were in another room. And then I had a cousin on the couch. I had no evidence of abundance. But what I was able to do is separate what I was seeing and say, that's not going to be my story. So my belief then created that, right? And that's where most people struggle because age zero to seven is where your brain is looking for its operating system. And the operating system is typically your parents' operating system, your grandparents' operating system. It's passed down generational, right? So you're exposed to their thoughts, you're exposed to their beliefs, you're now absorbing this. And so most people have a really hard time separating that was my parents' belief, but what do I want to believe? And so once we start releasing this emotional attachment to all of these things and we start clearing the slate, it's crazy the possibilities. Like I had one client who came to me, she was not making money. She was doing all of the strategy work that all of the marketing gurus. Now, trust me, I, I know my stuff in marketing and sales. Like that's my background, but it wasn't working for her. And I said, because you don't have a strategy problem, you have a belief in an energy problem. Once we fix that and you apply the strategy, then it's going to be a breeze because you have to think of it like this. If I come up to you and I have the best sales script in the world, and I'm just relating back to business because that's what I coach on, but I have the best sales script in the world. It has made other people millions and millions of dollars, but I don't believe in myself or I don't believe in the product. So how am I going to come to you and report that? I'm going to say, hi, Julie, today I have this offer and it's going like, it's going to be awkward. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't think I'm being awkward, subconsciously, you're processing, there's something not right about this. Like you are picking up on the energy. Your energy is picking up on my energy and your energy and your subconscious are saying, this is not a go for me. So once we clear all of that out, people are truly amazed at what they're able to achieve and receive from that place of neutrality. Yeah, I think that's this 
place of neutrality is so important to consider because we all have these experiences, like you mentioned, and we all have varying degrees of these experiences that that definitely impact everything that we do. And it's interesting as you talk about that, sometimes we don't even recognize that they truly have impacted us until we try to move towards that thing that we want. And then as we're moving towards it, suddenly it's like, why am I not doing, why am I moving forward? What's going on here? Like I can do this. And, and that's the blocks, the obstacles in our way. And those are the things that like both you and I help people with in different aspects because we believe in them and we want them to believe in it. And if we want that, then we also want to know that you can overcome those obstacles. Like that's so important to overcome those obstacles. Oh, 1000%. And that makes me think of you and I have had this conversation before of what I call your energetic minimums and your energetic maximums, right? So when you think of it like this, just like you said, you're like, wait a minute, I believe in this. Why is it not happening? Okay, well, there's an energy frequency that you are used to operating at. And so when we think of your bank account, we all have that number in our bank account where we're like, oh my gosh, that is so low. I better get to hustling. I better like whatever, right? Like there's that number that we know, oh no, 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 this is not acceptable. And we start putting in the work. But there's also that number where we're like, we look at it and we're like, oh, I'm so good. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I've met that requirement internally in my head. Like it's not a real requirement, but internally in your head it is. It's like, I'm good. And so you start taking your foot off the gas pedal. You don't hustle. You don't put a lot of effort. You're like kind of coasting, right? And that's the frequency that we're attuned to. So then when we're trying to create a new frequency, a new minimum and a new maximum, your brain starts freaking out thinking, is this possible? I know it's possible because other people are making that much. However, I've never made that much. So then there's this imbalance in your belief and there's an imbalance in your energy as well. Mm -hmm. And so I remember actually doing the pendulum exercise and then asking everybody to adjust their minimums and maximums in that um, class that I hosted. And I remember, I don't know if it was two weeks later or a month later, there was somebody in that class that came and wrote, I thought this was total BS when you told me to do this, but she had made her first 20K cash month after we adjusted her energetic maximum. So it's kind of like your weight, right? Like we all have that thing of like, or the sizes, right? Oh, oh, oh my gosh, wait, no, I'm in this size now. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to watch what I eat. Or, you know, when you start losing weight and you're like, oh, I can have the pizza tonight or I can have this tonight, right? It's like, there's a comfort zone that we're all in and we have to learn to adjust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call that the growth comfort zone. And that's something that we have to recognize. Our comfort zone feels good. We want to stay there. And being able to say, but I want more is being willing to be uncomfortable through the growth. But just like Yolanda mentioned, even as you're uncomfortable in the growth, we all want to be able to say, not only is this growth okay, it's all right, but the things that come up, the tricky little buggers that come up, we want to be able to say, these are just telling me, your brain is trying to say, my comfort zone is where I want to stay because it's safe. It's good. It's fine. But you have to know that if you want to grow, you're going to be uncomfortable. Like there's no yeah. if, ands, or buts about it. You're going to be totally uncomfortable. And, you know, I have this conversation with clients so often because I forgot somebody said to me recently, she's in, she's in a growth phase of her business, right? And it's that discomfort of doing something new. Think about the first time you drove, you weren't as comfortable 
as the way that you are now, right? Like even when you buy a new car and you're trying to get used to how, you know, the steering wheel is and the gas pedal and the brake pedal, like everything feels a little foreign to you. You're trying to get used to it. And so she's in this growth phase of her business and she starts coming up with, well, maybe I don't want this. And maybe, and I'm like, no, 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 this is growth. This is the thing. Like just because it doesn't feel easy, A, doesn't mean it's impossible. And B, it also doesn't mean you should quit. You know, like one of my favorite things to do, I think we as people, we as humans in general, the brain is very lazy. Let's be honest. The brain is actually very, very lazy. Yep. And so we want to avoid that discomfort in any way. And so I think people are always thinking, oh, it has to feel 100% good all the time. I don't know anything that feels 100% good all the time, but especially when you're going after new goals and new habits and, you know, all of those things, even when I think about my favorite thing to do is record a podcast for my audience. It's so easy for me to hit record and just go on and on and on. Does that mean that I want to do it every week? No, there are definitely weeks where my podcast manager is like, Hey, uh, it's the last minute. Do we have a podcast this week? And I'm like, I'll get it to you. You know, we're always expecting things to feel good. That's where our growth is. Mm-hmm. I think this is such a, a timely conversation to be having, especially as we're looking at winding down the year and we're all setting, we're going to set new goals. We're going to look at things that we want to do. And we have to be willing to say, how uncomfortable am I willing to be? Moment of vulnerability here. Yolanda has called me out on a lot of things um, in the past, but even, even today as before we started recording, she called me out on something. And as she was talking, I got to thinking, We all say these big goals. And I told her, I have no desire for this big goal anymore. And she called me out and then she like backed off because she's she's like, that's probably not why we're here. But I think it's something that I actually do want to bring up here a little bit is the idea that there are times that we will say, and this was, I think this is my experience. Sometimes these big goals get glamorized or they're almost like, well, everybody else is doing it. So we must do it. And what I've actually realized is I don't want what others have. I want it different. And so it's really hard to say, well, if I want it different, it may not look like what everybody else is saying. And so we can't actually put it to words. And I think that's really important when it comes to this is to be able to recognize that I may not want this big, messy vision, but I want something that has the flow, the ease, the growth that actually aligns more with me. And I would love to kind of just, you know, as we kind of look at this, as we're setting these goals, how do you know whether it is something that we are actually aligned with our own visions, or if we are suddenly like going off track and going off to what somebody else is thinking that we should have, or, and remember everybody, shoulds are dirty words, but if we're going off on the shoulds and how do we instead look at it from this actually aligns with my vision, my goal, my dreams, where I want to head. Yeah. I'm going to get a little woo here and go back to the energy chakras. We all have a sacral chakra which is considered feminine energy. It's considered the womb, but really it houses pleasure, sexual energy, creativity, flow, fun, excitement. That's our gut instinct. That's our gut reaction. And so when we think of this from the perspective of the gut reaction being, let's let's put this into perspective of I'm walking down the street. I know whether I am physically attracted to somebody or not. I don't have to logically think about this, right? Like it's a physical reaction. It's like, ooh, yes, that person is sexy. If I'm not attracted, I don't have that response. 
So what happens when we are setting goals is our sacral chakra is typically going, ooh, yes, that's very sexy. I want that. And then the logical side of you, the fear, the doubt, the worry, the I don't want to be uncomfortable starts coming in and talking you out of it. And this is where the brain actually does get creative, right? Like, because I said, it's lazy. But this is where the brain actually does get creative because then it starts thinking of all the reasons why it won't work. And when it starts thinking of all these reasons why it won't work, we are really, really good at giving ourselves excuses as to why we don't want it and why it's not good for us and why it's no longer the vision. And in reality, it's just fear. It's really just fear. So if you're having that initial reaction of like, oh my gosh, yes, I want that thing. You can bet that that's a physical reaction to the thing that you want. The thing that's talking you out of that is fear, the ego. Which I will say, this is something that, um, you know, the chakras that we talk about a lot. And Yolanda is pulling, I think, a little bit too from human design. Human design and, and chakras line up a lot. Like really, they line up very fluidly. And Fear is the number one thing that stops all of us from moving forward. Like even as you think about manifestation and you're thinking about the idea of energy, the logical part of us will come out and say, "Mm, that's not going to work for me or no, thank you. But when you're willing to put that aside, like I think if you can really listen, like I ask all of my readers, all my listeners do this. If you just really listen and then notice what this feels like in you, notice what comes up, notice the thought patterns that happen. That's what will push you through the fear more than just sitting there saying, I just can't. It's too much. This is overwhelming. Everything to that effect. I know Yolanda and I've had many of the conversations. I am such a logical person. I'm always in my head. And she has chastised me a time or two about that. And (laughs) I think for a lot of us, we are very much so in our heads. And I always used to say, well, I don't have that, you know, light up energy. That's just not how I operate. That's just not part of me. But Yolanda hit it right on the head. When you're excited about something, your intuition will follow. Your intuition really will say, yes, let's do this. This is really good. And then your brain, sneaky brain will come in and say, start to say, but it's going to be hard. Like, let's not do it. Let's go back to bed. That sounds really fun right now. Like, let's go hide. Everybody listening, like, what is one tip that you would tell people, hey, if you really want to make this manifestation work, what is one thing you say that they need to do that will make it happen for them? One thing that I make all of my clients do is, especially when we're looking to achieve a goal that's actually going to support us in life, right? We know that we're doing it for the better of ourselves. We know that we're doing it for the better of our family and those, you know, that are impacted by our energy, by who we are, basically. And so one thing that I always tell my clients is don't just try it one time and say that it didn't work. Don't just say that's not going to work for me and not try it first and foremost. But don't just try it one time and say, I don't like this. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Let's get a couple of weeks into doing this, form a habit of it, and then ask yourself, do I really not like this? Or is this just a challenging time still? Because again, I want, even when as kids, you know, I have a three-year-old or he's going to be three next month, but I have a three-year-old grandson. Right now, he is not the best at handling his utensils. There is food always all over the floor. He's grabbing it, you know, like with his whole fist and turning it weird ways. And do we eat like that when we're adults? No, but he's getting the hang of it, right? And so it's like, we all have neural pathways in our brain. 
And when we are forming a new habit, we have to create new neural pathways for our brain and our body to get on board with. And that is where most people forget and they think, or obviously they don't even know that, but they think it's just going to be easy. It's just supposed to feel easy. So give yourself a matter of at least two weeks of doing the thing before you decide if it's for you or not. I love that because I think with anything, we all give up too soon. We all start something, all the New Year's goals. I mean, they all say that you're going to start, you're going to stop, start, stop. And if you can just give it a solid two weeks and then make those decisions, you will be in such a better place. And I think I just, I love that advice. Like give it the time it actually needs before you start writing it all off and determining that it's not going to work for you. So thank you for that. And, you know, one of the things that I think of is, again, going back to things aren't always easy, even if you have a habit, is like, I lift weights six days a week. There are definitely days where I wake up and I do not want to go, but I'm like, okay, do I not want to go because maybe my body really does need the rest? Or do I not want to go because I'm making up an excuse as to why I can't go? And when I force myself to go afterwards, I'm like, I'm so glad I went. That's Mm -hmm. like, I feel so much better. I love that. That's such a good question to always ask yourself too. If you don't want to do something to say, is this my brain being mean to me and being lazy and saying, you know, all the reasons, or is there actually a legitimate thing that I need to take into account? Like maybe I am really exhausted and I do need to pay attention to my body in that instance. And I think with all of this, if I can remember, your brain is going to try to sabotage you and then your body will sometimes tell you what you actually need. And to get them to connect together is such a beautiful process. But your brain will still try to sabotage you. I just one thousand percent. The brain is focused on survival, and mm-hmm. so that's why, when in reality, we are not logical beings. We are instinctual beings. This is how cavemen operated. This is how they found food. This is how they survived and got away from you know the woolly mammoth chasing them. But that was all instinct. That wasn't logic. It was instinct to stay alive. But for some reason, we're always trying to logic our way to the answer because we think that one is better than the other. And like you said, it's getting them to operate together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they do operate, like I said, it's amazing. And I think one of the things I know I've talked about a lot on this podcast is that, yes, you have two systems. You've got that primitive brain and then this forward thinking brain. A lot of times we think that they're supposed to be fighting each other, but they really do work together. And it's part of that growth, that comfort, being able to see outside. When you stop viewing your brain as competition, but instead as how we lean into and work with if I may, that's when amazing things happen. That's when your brain is open to so many possibilities because we allow the emotions, we allow the logic, we allow the feelings, we allow it all to truly get us to where we need to go. And to me, manifestation is just another way for that to happen. Yeah, 1000%. It takes, like, I look at it as an ecosystem, right? Like it takes everything working together, which sounds really hard. And it can be challenging when building that muscle, right? Building that belief muscle and building the muscle of, okay, I don't have to stuff this down and I, I can actually still do this. And I think it takes a little bit of muscle, but yeah, it's a beautiful place to be. So thank you so much, Yolanda, for coming and sharing all of your wisdom. I think this has been very, very helpful for everybody. And I would love to know when people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I love all of our conversations. I feel like we go so, so deep. 
My website is manifestmadmoney.com. You can find my podcast, Manifest Mad Money, which is also on the website. And my Instagram is currently Manifest Mad Money, but we are actually making a change to just Yolanda Boyron. So my first and my last name, um, but pretty much anything Manifest Mad Money, you can find me. And if I may, her podcast has really been really inspiring for me, even as a logical person. <laughs> you know, she tells a lot of things that I think are really helpful, no matter what aspect of life or business you're in. So I definitely encourage you all to check out Manifest Mad Money. And Yolanda has lots of offerings of different ways to help you. And so I think it's a great opportunity for those that are saying, how do I learn to truly make manifestation a part of my existence, not something I'm fighting? And so I Thank you, Yolanda, for being there and being a part of all of that. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. This was so fun. Hello, my friends. Are you tired of waking up to strutting your day? Do you often feel like an imposter? But are you ready to leave that all behind you? But at the same time, the idea of a long-term commitment feels a little overwhelming to you. Then I have the perfect solution for you. Many of my clients have said that just one session with me is life-changing. They come away with more tools, more understanding to truly help them find the things that they need to move forward. So if you're looking at the next coming year and you're thinking, I want to jumpstart for 2024, I want to be able to finally hit those goals, make the big leaps in the things that I find important, then I'm going to offer you right now my special invitation to come work with me where we will sit down in a session together to talk about what your big goals are. We'll also look at all the things that are stopping you. And in that session, you will come away with more knowledge, more information to truly help you. And then I will offer you as well, four sessions that you can use to follow up. The whole purpose is that you can finally get on track to meeting the goals that you have and seeing all that success. You're worth it. It's time to invest in yourself. This is a short offer bonus that I'm offering to people. So drop in the link right now, set up your call, message me at julie at julielamcoaching.com where we will set this up for you and we can talk all the details. Can't wait to hear from you so that you can finally make 2024 the year you've been loving. I hope that this was helpful for you to all know that you can truly understand your brain. And when you work with your brain, it will help you in all aspects of your life. And so until next time, this is Julie Lamb with What the Hell is My Brain Doing? If you love today's show, I would love for you to take a minute and give a five-star rating and a review. Subscribe and share with those that you know would love to learn more about managing their brains. If you're ready to join me, I want to invite you to coach with me where we uncover more about your brain so that you can have the life and business you dream about. Manage your brain is more than just a thought. It is a possibility. Go to www.julielamcoaching.com to learn more. I believe in you, and I hope you believe in you too. This is how we do it. Stick with it. See you soon. Have a great day.